At long last, Houston Railway Station. Thank you, cabby. Oh, there you go, Guff. I'm most grateful for the transportation. You can't be too careful. You have to run the gauntlet of ruffians, vagabonds, and uh, ladies of the night flying their trade. Frightful. Simply frightful. If I understood a word of what you just said, Governor, I'd probably... Lovey. Outrageous! How dare you approach me, a respectable gentleman of private means, with such a proposition, such bare-faced cheek? What do you mean? I hope you're not suggesting what I think you're suggesting, or my manager will have something to say about it. Oi, Bert! What is it, Tweetle? This equity pond's giving you our time, is he? How dare you, sir! So, this is your, your your pimp, is it? Well, if you do not depart this area forthwith, I shall be forced to call for a police officer. A peeler? That shocked you, hasn't it? Yes, yes, you cannot ply your vile trade here, sir. Be advised to take your wanton harlot. Here, who are you calling a harlot? All I asked was if you wanted a bit of business. Such effrontery. Such vile immoral peddling of disgraceful trades. And what's wrong with it? Don't know why you're getting so hit up about a bit of business. If you don't want to buy our business and finance journal, you can just buy the Times. Or a copy of Punch. Or just the latest on the Richard Asset podcast with all those wee stagings of historic moments. They say he plays all the characters you know, sir. Gives it Henry Irving a run for his money. <laughs> yeah, or a nice bag of humbugs. Or a tin of pipe tobacco. What are you blathering on about? The stall. Our new railway bookstall. We just opened for the first time today, courtesy of W.H. Smith and Son. Oh, I'm most dreadfully sorry. Oh, oh dear, you must, you must think me a real nincompoop. Oh, you, you see, I, I thought it. Well, clearly you know what I thought. I, I apologise most sincerely, madam. Uh, well, um, uh, uh, I, I, I do need some uh, some tobacco. I, I'll, I'll take a little shag, please. Ooh, your place or mine? What? Just our little joke, Dad. The Richard Usher Podcast. Assorted audio antics from Larynx Productions. Written and presented by Richard Usher. Remember, remember the month of November. Trump Towers, Clinton, and America loses the plot. That was pretty much the biggest news event of the 11th month of 2016. It'll probably enter the history books, and perhaps in another 30 years, someone like me will attempt to recreate it for comic effect. And that's what this podcast is all about. We began, of course, with the story of the first railway station bookstall to be opened by W.H. Smith back on the 1st of November, 1848. You can expect more crazy twistry as we meander through the month across the ages. Oh, and the, uh, the mutterings of a certain old-school stand-up comic Ben Bernard. Now, though, we're going to hang around in the 19th century for another innovation. 
Back on the 2nd of November, in 1871, what became known as the Rogues Gallery was introduced in British prisons. This sort of Victorian Instagram was introduced when photographs were taken of all inmates across the country. Here we are, Mr. Sandwich. Uh, the inmates are assembled in the main exercise hall, ready for your photographic session. Uh, splendid. And uh, my camera equipment? Rest easy, old chap. I've had my best warders on the case. They were very careful with all your equipment, and uh, it is ready for use as per your instructions. Uh, our Mr. Barraclough was extremely delighted. He's a bit of an amateur photography nut, so he enjoyed a bit of tinkering. <laughs> oh, oh, that's excellent news. I, I, I'm always a little concerned because some of the equipment is quite fragile, uh, somewhat expensive, and the magnesium we use in the flash apparatus uh, needs careful handling. Ah, rest assured, my men know what they're doing. All right, you lot, settle down. Now, this gentleman is Mr. Sandwich. And he is here to take some photographic portraits of you all for our records. Braithwaite, do you not have any clean clothes? You were told to dress smartly today. Look at you, mud all over your trousers. You as well, Hopkins. You're a disgrace, the lot of you. At least you've moved those pommel horses out of the way. And what have I told you about hanging on to the gardening equipment, fair brother? Sorry, Warden. Well, once Mr. Sandwich has captured your image, you can just take all that stuff back out there. Okay, Mr. Sandwich, if you're ready, we may as well start with this oath. Come along, fair brother. Come along, step lively, uh, man. Thank you. Uh, just, just stand on that uh, white mark over there. Uh, that's right. And uh, just to warn you, this uh, piece of equipment here is uh, a photography lamp. Uh, it, it uses quite a lot of magnesium and other chemicals, uh, and it will give off a very large flash. I, I assure you, it won't hurt your eyes, uh, but do be prepared, as it may dazzle you momentarily. Uh, re ready? Now, now, remain perfectly still. Sorry about that. Oh, that never usually happens. What have you done? Where are the inmates? Um, I, I guess they became the first flash mob. You're listening to the Richard Usher podcast for November. Of course, I alluded to probably the most famous date on the November page of the calendar earlier. But it was, of course, upon the 4th of November that the York-born gunpowder plotter Guy Fawkes was discovered lurking in the cellars below Parliament. Guard Captain, commence the search of the cellars. My intelligence suggests there are fiendish and treacherous villains to be apprehended. Oh, very well, Sir Thomas. Uh... Right, you heard him, men. Scour the area. I'll leave that with you. I found something. A bloke with a match in a watch. Oh, Mr. Guido Fawkes. We have you at last. Damn you, man. 
A guard. Go and fetch Sir Thomas Nevitt back in. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll be, uh, he'll be wanting to witness the apprehension of this villain. You may think of me a villain, sir, but I am acting for the interests of England. What? Are plotting to murder King James and his government? How are you going to do it anyway? I have all the equipment I require. What? A match and a tatty old watch? Now, come away from behind those barrels. The watch was given me by my friend Thomas Percy, so I should know how the time went away. Well, you won't have much time left once you've been tried in a court of law. Traitors tend to meet their ends pretty swiftly, I can tell you. Now, come along. Don't mess around. No, no, no Give me no, that match. No, you burn your fingers if you're not careful. No, stop. Come on. Just, just chug it on the floor. Oh, fuck. Two stories set inside. We really should get out for some fresh air. And that brings us neatly to our next twistery tale. Back on the 10th of November 1871, Henry Morton Stanley, a journalist and explorer, went on a mission to Central Africa in search of the missionary and fellow explorer David Livingstone. Dr. Livingston, I presume. You what? Dr. Livingston. You are Dr. Livingston. Do I look like a doctor? I'm wearing animal skin, ornamental regalia made from bones and teeth, and I've got a great big spear. Doctor? You wait till my twelfth wife hears about this. You damn wazzy. My name's Chief Umbongo. Jeremiah Wesley Pendyke Umbongo. I'm most dreadfully sorry. I, I know you're a Hollywood stereotype and therefore not politically correct, but uh, could I just ask, I, I'm curious, uh, you, you have a Yorkshire accent. Ah, well, uh, I went to boarding school in Wetwag. A boarding school? You're a public schoolboy then. Don't be daft. It was a school for people learning about boards. Law boards, mostly. And some laminate flooring. Would you like to see our brochure? Well, no, you see, I, I'm here to look for the famous explorer, uh, Dr. David Livingston. Right you are. A Scottish fella, side parting in a dash. Could be him. Ah, he's over there in that big metal pot. My God, sir, such barbarism, boiling a man alive. You're daft, David. We're not cooking him. He's having a bath. Bloke has dysentery. Been running out of both ends. He stinks to high heaven. Good morning. Uh, I wonder if you might help me. I, I'm looking for a book. A what? A, a book. The dictates or, or sayings of the philosophers by William Caxton. Sorry, pal. This is an apocryphy. We don't have any books. There you go, dear. Yes, lovely. What can I get you? Some nice liver tarts? A pigeon roll? Uh, the sayings of the philosophers, eh, by, by William Caxton. 
Sorry, dear. Nothing like that. Got some bread, dear? The sayings of the philosophers about William Kett. Get out of it. Horseshoes, mate. No books. No luck, Dad. I'm afraid not. Never mind, Dad. Try this animal horn on a string. There might be someone who can help. Hello? Oh, you are? Yes, I, I'm looking for a copy of Sayings of the Philosophers by William Caxton. Oh, 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 you do? Oh, you don't? What's that? Fly fishing. J.R. Hartley. Never heard of him. Price of Fame, neatly illustrated there with a bit of twistery from the 18th of November 1477, when the famed merchant, diplomat, writer and printer published the very first book. Another famous gentleman with a connection to books is that master of mirth, Ben Bernard, who dreams of being on the books of the greatest theatrical agents in the world. He's still dreaming. Blog off Ben Bernard. The Eternal Wait. I'm in the post office queue. Again. Come to pick up a parcel, because the delivery block was too namby-pamby to leave it behind the ornamental dwarf and coal scuttle. I wouldn't mind, but it's only a chuffing egg poaching kit. Seems I, I ruined the last one by using it to clean my paintbrushes. Well, if, if Delia will leave these things lying around. I told her, I said, which is more important? That bit of chip paintwork near the shoe cupboard, or the chance to cook an egg from time to time? Seems there's no contest. I can't do wrong for right. Of course, here at the post office, there's no parking beyond the two spaces they set aside for customers. And they're only big enough for a pygmy in a bubble car. Council have painted double yellows around the rest of the area. I spotted a gap in the loading bay doors, though, and uh, snuck my little motor in there. It's Royal Mail Red, so they'll probably not notice. Of course, it's, it's all the same, isn't it? You come here at 12, it's full, with a queue out the door. You turn up an hour earlier, same story. Same again if you turn up at nine. You've no chuffing chance. Morning Marjorie is at the head of the queue, talking to both attendants about the fact that no one put a postcard through her door. The other counter is blocked by Mrs. Dorothy Doogood and her bottomless box of charity donations. Bag after chuffing bag of loose change. Directly behind there is New Zealand Nigel and his sack of letters and parcels that he's to send around the world, because he's got no chuffing friends in the UK. If all your friends and relatives emigrate, isn't it time to have a word with yourself? They don't want you, Nigel. They never did. The post office folks couldn't organise a pie-making contest in a Frey Bentos factory. If they'd been in charge of counting the votes in the US election, well, we'd still be waiting for the results this time next year. Dorothy Doogood would be first in the queue, of course, with the proceeds from her bring-and-buy sale, Mostly selling the clothes of the people in this chubby queue who gave up the will to live. He, 
The Eternal Wait was written, performed, edited and produced by Richard Usher. Blog Off Ben Bernard is a Larynx production. Hey, hey, hey. I mentioned the US presidential elections a minute ago. Now, my agent Tony Tatin Jr. wants me to draw your attention to the little song I recorded to celebrate that event. It's available, apparently, on YouTube. Uh, it's on Ear Tunes or Summit. Sounds like a throat lozenge made from earwax. Ooh, a bit like a fisherman's friend. In the States, a vote or two is cast. To find an intelligent president, a commander-in-chief to name. Who on dark night, the polls began to say. Hillary will surely get in this time and there'll be a Clinton again. Ooh, Clinton the Democrat back to Trump and said goodbye to the White House. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Ooh, Clinton the Democrat back to Trump and trundled off towards Brooklyn. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Ooh, night by night, she danced to celebrity bands. When Hillary was leading the big parade, she looked so proud and grand. No more tricks for Hillary to perform. They taught her how to take a bow, and she took the crowd by storm. Ooh, Clinton the Democrat packed a trunk and said goodbye to the White House. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Ooh, Clinton the Democrat packed a trunk and trundled off to us Brooklyn. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Ooh, the voice of the people is calling far, far away. But due to the system, they have to hope that Trump fell got his way. Ooh, Clinton the Democrat packed a Trump and said goodbye to the White House. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Clinton the Democrat packed a Trump and trundled off to Osbrookin. All because of that Donald Trump, 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 Trump. Ooh, ah, hey, wasn't it good? Ooh, did you stay up all night? Hey. Did you bop around with Jeremy Vine? Oh yes, oh I know what you mean. Oh it's good in it. Aye. There I was tweeting all about it. Nobody cares. I don't get it. Ooh, it's America. Have a word. Staying with American politics, on the 19th of November 1863, that great orator, President Abraham Lincoln, gave a landmark speech after the American Civil War. The Gettysburg Address, 4639, Washington Boulevard.
as the beautiful lights of London, darkened for so long by the ominous clouds of war, are restored to their illuminating glory. And as the Lord Mayor takes a bow, a representative from the Electricity Generating Board steps forward to hand over the reconnection bill. And that brings us to the end of November's Richard Usher podcast. Just one more bit of twistery for you, and the coincidence of two dates, the 22nd and 23rd of November, 1963. On the one date, an infamous presidential assassination took place, and on the other, a legendary television science fiction series began. Tinkety-tonk! Welcome to the Book Repository. I'm Lee Harvey Baker, and today's story concerns a man in an open-top car touring the streets of Dallas. Got him. Yes. Enduring the award-avoiding Richard Usher podcast. Written, performed, edited, and produced by Richard Usher. Jazz comedy theme courtesy of bensound.com. The Richard Usher podcast is a Larynx production.